Welcome to Becoming Boundary, the podcast that teaches you how to say yes to the space you need and the connection you crave. I'm your host, Krista Resnick. I'm a master life coach and boundary expert for women. I'm also a sought-after speaker and mother to three adultish sons. It wasn't that long ago that I was a boundary disaster. My time never felt like my own. I couldn't set a boundary and speak my truth. And my most important relationships suffered greatly. Fast forward to today and I've successfully coached thousands of women to heal from their people-pleasing patterns and step into true freedom and confidence. I created Becoming Boundary to help you do the same. Be sure to tune in for tips and tools from me, interviews with other incredible coaches and therapists and speakers, plus one-on-one live coaching calls and so much more. If you're ready to start setting healthy boundaries so you can create the space you need and the connection you crave, then you're in the right space. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Becoming Boundaried podcast. I have a really fun and interesting podcast guest on today's show. Brienne Hennessy, founder of Vocal Vitality, is a highly sought-after vocal empowerment guide, an executive speaking trainer, and best-selling author. So Brienne expertly guides women executives, entrepreneurs, and speakers to communicate with more aligned presence, speak frequently without fatigue or strain, and listen to their intuitive inner voice to show up as their truest selves. Brian is also a licensed speech voice pathologist with 13 years of clinical experience and 50 plus public speaking appearances. There is actually a lot to be studied and understood and that comes through in our voices. And this was one of the things, there were many things that I enjoyed so much about getting to know Brienne and her work was that she really believes that women can connect to their self-worth via their voice. We spend some time talking about something that I see personally quite a bit in my coaching practice and with many women, and that is this concept of up speak. So that's sort of when your pitch goes up at the end of a statement when it's really, it's framed as a question, but it's really a statement and really common, I think, with women something again called upspeak, and we're gonna talk about that in the episode, but it's really a way that women specifically, it's a technique that women use to, in essence, soften their communication. So it's an intention to appear more friendly, more personable, more approachable. So for women wanting to really stand in their leadership and their boundaries, their sovereignty, the upspeak has got to go because we're not always going to be the nice girl 
the good girl when we are speaking our truth and the things that matter to us. So this is a really, really fun conversation. I think that you'll really enjoy kind of the direction that Brianne and I go. Specifically as well, you know, when we are engaging in upspeak, the boundaries are out the window. Because right away, it's giving off this energy, as I mentioned, of, well, am I just appearing friendly and personable or am I really standing in my power and really owning my needs and what's important to me and my boundaries? So this is such a fun and powerful conversation. As you hear towards the end, Brienne actually walks me through an exercise that I think many of you will will enjoy. I know I enjoyed it, something that I'm still kind of working on and working through. And so I was very grateful to get the opportunity to have Brienne kind of analyze my voice and some things that I could be working on. So she does offer up some really practical tools and techniques that we can be utilizing to really tap into the potency of our own voice. So without further ado, here is my interview with Brianne Hennessy. Welcome to the show, Brianne. Thank you so much, Krista. This is a delight to be here and I'm excited to see what your audience gleans from this episode. <laughs> For sure. This is a massive topic. This is a topic worth probably more than even just this conversation. I think we could probably do a whole like series on just this topic alone of being seen, using your voice. We could call it taking up, taking up your space, like just owning Mm. your truth, owning your wisdom, however we want to frame it up. Mm -hmm. It is a really, really massive topic in today's culture. Yes, absolutely. Especially when we look at things like the way people consider voice in confidence, how they want to sound, as well as their figurative voice. What is their message? What is their mission? And which or both of those create barriers, either consciously or unconsciously. So I'm very excited to dive into this. I'm also very excited that a phrase you just used happens to also be the name that I intuitively chose of a potential activity for your listeners later in our conversation. Taking up space. Yes. Love it. Oh, the synchronicities are wild. Wild. So we, your listeners are going to, this is like, you and I have been in sync since day one. So I love this. We have, we have. And I know that this conversation is going to be a gift, not only of course to you and me, (laughs) for our nourishment, but for the nourishment of the listeners as well. So thank you so much for for creating the time this yeah. space, which is a theme that's been coming up in my life a lot lately. Just talked about that this morning, but thank you for creating the space to, to show up and to show up powerfully and come from that place of service. I am so delighted. You are welcome to, yeah, all of this, all of this within me, the, the intention that I got was to speak what's truth to the moment and the gratitude that I feel right now, for example, I feel in my heart space and a little bit down in what we would call our, our gut or our sacral space. And so I just want to speak that out because that is something that ties into being heard and being aligned with our voice, both outer and inner. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. 
and and unpack how you landed in this mm. space. What brought you to really female empowerment through voice, through taking up space, through, I guess, you know, being, being seen, being heard, all of the beautiful things that you do. How did you really land in this unique and special place? Hmm. For me, the journey started when I was in undergraduate school, recognizing that I did not want to study biology anymore. <laughs> At that time, marine biology was like the hot, trendy <laughs> career. And I, I didn't jive with some of the, the classes and the, the approach to it. But what I had been taking was an elective on acoustics and linguistics, and I loved it. And in that process became aware of the fact that people work with voice in very specific ways, which was a synchronicity at the time, because in the acoustics class, my research project I had chosen just happened to be to study whether or not we can control our vibrato. So for singers in the audience, vibrato is something that happens when we sing. At that same time, this pamphlet was hanging in the research lab and it had this description of voice, special, voice specialists, this, this expertise in not only the acoustic side, but how you can work with the instrument itself beyond, say, singing, teaching, or voice coaching or anything like that. And I saw the names of who were involved. And after the names, it said CCC SLP. And I was like, I don't know what that is, <laughs> but it turns out it is a speech language pathologist, or in my case, I'm a speech and voice pathologist. And so that started my career path to be literally being a voice expert. And so I was fortunate enough to get into one of the top grad schools for speech and voice pathology. I went on to work at Emory Voice Clinic at uh, Vanderbilt Voice Clinic in Nashville, and most recently at UW-Madison Voice and Swallowing Center. So that piece of it is really important because that has this incredible experiential and evidence-based and like in the, the, the front and center with people who are trying to recover their voices that were injured. Mm. On the flip side, during that time, I was at that time happily married. I had started especially when I started in Nashville, really started feeling like, okay, I am feeling good about this, this knowledge that I'm gaining in my career. And I'm feeling good about my relationship. We have friendships, all of this. And although there's no exact pinpoint, there's actions, but there's not exact pinpoint of when, when the internal lights started to go out. Mm -hmm. For those of you who ever, ever dealt with depression or anxiety, there are distinctive feelings I describe as a numbness, a heaviness. The anxiety was like a, like a twisted constriction elephant on my chest feeling. Mm. And that all, all slowly started to degrade things in, in my life, personal and professional. And it wasn't until... 2013, we had just moved within the six months prior to Madison for, for the job for me. And within six months we were separated and that was my rock bottom. 
at the time. And what's interesting about that is I have now come to learn, and perhaps you've had these experiences, Krista, where you can have gratitude for the suffering. You can see the lesson that it was meant to bring to you despite the heartache. Um, I have a beautiful 11-year-old daughter. So at that time, I was completely blindsided and also crushed that she would not have this, you know, two-parent household anymore. And, and my focus was really on her. And yet I realized how disconnected I was to myself. Yeah. And when that, I don't use this word lightly because I do think it gets overused, especially in the space you and I reside in. When that self-transformation, the light clicked back on occurred, it was clear to me that I was then reacquainted with my self-worth. And so in that process that has shaped itself into the mission that I hold, which is, I believe women can connect to their self-worth via their voice. And I believe that approaching that holistically can give us so much presence and power and potential. So that's a little bit of how the two sides, if you will, come together with my, mm, not surprising that my, if y'all heard, going to take a sip of water, then my voice still gets a little crackly depending (laughs) on who I'm talking to and when I'm speaking this out. So again, I'm speaking this out in the space right now, because even in the short time, Krista and I have known each other, I feel very comfortable sharing things with her already. And so the emotion behind that is, is being, is willing to come up (laughs) in it as well. So thank you, Krista, for holding space for that. And uh, so from there, I started combining that more in, in how I was showing up in, in my workspace to the point that it really um, struck me when people would come in and say, you know, I'd be sitting across, you know, the, the room from a patient and we'd be working on their voice recovery. And, you know, we'd be talking through some things relative to how they felt, what this was doing to their quality of life. Did they feel heard? Uh, and they would lean over and say, are you sure you're a medical provider? And I appreciate that something was different. I didn't understand it at the time. I do more, much more now, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, good listener, whatever. I just like chalk it up to. And so that really got me curious. And about three or four years ago, I really started uh, investing in and developing my own intuitive guidance, understanding what that means. And so when, when y'all hear me talk about the physical voice and, and the intuitive voice, I literally mean our physical instruments that you hear my voice coming from now and the ones that you all possess, as well as our divine intuition, that, that quiet voice within that is our guidance. And so I guide women to align that so that they are heard as their truest self. And that really just has been what it's evolved to, to now my, my love of being proactive about that, being preventative about that, being, um, you know, laying a foundation before something happens, let's say voice injury side of things, or preparing for an event or wanting to speak on stage. And those are not things you quick fix. We are not here to be fixed. Those aren't things you prepare for one day before (laughs) there's a runway we can, we can really nurture in this. So, so that is how I've come to then have, have this, this mission, this entrepreneurial journey has started and um, it's three years in now and I'm loving it. So wow. <laughs> that's where I am. <laughs> wow. I, I just, 
love that. I, I hold your story so dearly, your, your wisdom, your, your, just your whole presence is just a delight in just the way you share and show up and lead others. Thank you. Thank you. I received those words. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. I love that you say that. I love that you say, I received those words. That is something that I think well, it fits in beautifully to this conversation we're even having of just letting yeah. in the acknowledgement, letting in mm-hmm. the celebration yes. rather than being in resistance of it and saying, oh gosh, no. Mm-hmm. no. Because that that is then the mirrored side of not feeling heard. Someone yeah. is trying to, to express something to you to be heard and yeah. you're going, no, no, thank you. Or, oh gosh, that's not me. Or as I call it, the self-critical mind chatter starts churning and you're on that boat and that boat just kind of keeps on going. And how do you redirect that? How do you kind of wade through that and and find truth in, in yourself again as well? Because the moment you say, oh yeah, like that, I don't want to acknowledge or I don't want to receive, y'all, people can hear that in your voice. The yeah. words are coming out of your mouth but they can hear that there's a, a disconnect, what I call a dissonance. And that disconnect is, is palpable, even if we're not always able to describe it, but this is where the work comes in with being able to hone your, your outer listening, your inner listening and, and the body's signals with that. And, and what I found um, so lovely about preparation for this, this episode today I would love for y'all listening to go first to Krista's episode 110. And in that episode, she talks about, she calls it glimmers, how to come back home to yourself. She talks about the, essentially the nervous system approach, the ways to start identifying what's happening within our body when we feel triggered, when we feel in, in the case of speaking nervous, so many people feel tight, feel constricted. There's all these signals and wisdom our body gives us. So go listen to that episode first before y'all come to this one, ideally, because this is what we're talking about. To be heard means to listen to yourself and hear yourself first. Mm-hmm. And when you believe in that and you you refine it and you honor it, oh, the presence and the, and the resonance, which is the opposite of dissonance comes forth every time. Yeah. 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 It's so true, Brianne. It's so true. You know, it's, I was just having this conversation actually with my husband Mm. over the weekend where we were talking about just rich, deep connection Mm. and rich relationship. And we were speaking about this very topic in, you can't, really, I believe it's a real battle to create rich relationship in your life when you haven't taken the time to deeply connect with yourself Mm -hmm. and to really be with yourself, be with your own feelings, emotions, sensations, whatever is arising in your body and learning how to just sit in sometimes the discomfort of that. Yes. Absolutely. So what comes to mind, can I share kind of an example, which it seems to be similar for, especially women, other women of kind of that distinction for me and the discomfort with it. Yeah. Please. When I didn't know myself in that, that period before 
30, 31. Interesting time for, for humans. Hey, at age 30, things kind of, yes. you can ask a lot of people and things, things seem to, I'm careful with my words here. Things seem to have big upheavals, yes. <laughs> positive mm-hmm. or negative, let's say. Mm-hmm. And with that, prior to that time, I would be speaking with somebody, I would be speaking at work and feeling, like I said, I was feeling much more comfort in my expertise and and much more successful in my patient outcomes and interactions and all of that. And yet between typically situations of either my partner at the time, my boss or management, or even my own family, I would often get chastised for my tone of voice. Mm. Well, that's annoying because I know what I'm saying. Why are you guys not getting what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what tone of, tone of voice you're talking about. And don't get me wrong. I can be a little sass here and there. Like it, we, I get that, but we're talking like those subtleties where, where you're like, I just, I'm, I'm saying my piece and I want to be heard and no, 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 no. However it comes out in, in me, it was kind of like push, 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 push. Mm. And you can imagine certain workplaces, especially that it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with that, that discomfort triggered the, the sense of constriction, this sense of like, like, I, why is this, why am I not being heard? Why are people misunderstanding me? Um, and this, this tightness that just built and built and built within my body as well. So then post self-transformation, self-worth connection, not once, despite having very difficult and even now I'm learning the word psychological safety issues, like toxic workplace scenarios, not one person has chastised me for my tone of voice. Mm. And I fully believe it's because I got in depth with myself, knowing myself, and that's a, you know, growing journey every day, but also being able to recognize that those bodily sensations were teaching me something and, and telling me something as well as not always mine. When we are, because, because we are energetic beings, when we interact with another person, there's going to be that energy exchange like you and I are having right now in that we're going to sometimes be someone who's maybe more like me, like an empath who kind of absorbs things around her. Some of you may relate to that term. Um, that tends to be someone who's very acutely aware of how another is feeling or what's kind of going on and takes that on a little bit. And so we have to do our own work to, to clear that. Well, for me, I believe the voice is a conduit to that harnessing, that clearing, as well as recognizing is what I'm feeling truly mine or is it someone else's? So it's those body sensations I mentioned, those are specific to me. And part of my work is helping you discover what are your body sensations telling you and what do they mean? But I can now ask within and say, okay, is this constriction I'm feeling just below my rib cage, solar plexus, for those of you curious, diaphragm, for those of you who also think that we sing or speak from the diaphragm, I'm air quoting right now because that's a myth. <laughs> so all that to say is, is that mine or is that someone else's? And I can get a clear yes or no now mm-hmm. from my intuition. And then if it's no, it's not mine, cool. I surrender that released onward. And so that's where I think we can really allow ourselves this consideration of curiosity about what our body tells us, but then how it matches with what our voice is telling us 
or the feedback we're getting about our voice as well. So I know I went a couple different directions with that, but that's kind of what's, what's coming through with it. And similarly now, as I was telling all that, I could feel the constriction in my solar plexus, but I, as I was talking with you, I got to know it's not mine. It's for those listening mm. who have felt that as they're, they're with us today. And then as I release that story, now we're, now I'm back to feeling open and clear again. So this is what's available to you. And this is how it can continue to then travel on the sound waves, the actual sound waves. That is basic acoustics. Like our voice is sound waves. That is energy traveling. And when that impacts through the screen or in person to another person that is felt. Yeah. So what is the potential when we are using that in a positive way, even if someone doesn't like or agree with the words we're saying, can you imagine if you're saying it still in a way that is convicted and true for you. And it still brings about this expansive, oh. like, all right, this yeah. is where we still come together. Ooh, felt all tingly with that one. So yeah. it's just very cool to me. <laughs> yeah. My, my coach, one of my coaches that has been through extensive, you know, somatics and everything you can think of, she used to actually be in the entertainment industry. So I know mm-hmm. she's done a lot of this work that you're speaking about as well. Mm. She could say anything she wanted and it would come out so, oh, I don't even know, delicate, Mm. lovely, Mm -hmm. like she could serve you up a a platter of, of poop, but it would be (laughs) a gold platter. Like, is that even (laughs) making sense? I mean, just it's the tone. It's how she Mm. frames it up and how she connects the words and her, and it's her energy. Yes. And I think we need to put a caveat in there. Perhaps that is what I'm hearing you say is one thing, but I wouldn't want someone to misconstrue that as, oh, so they can be BSing me and I wouldn't know, but Mm. that's, that's what we're talking about. No, there, there can be such clear alignment and belief and conviction and understanding of what they are saying and conveying through their words, through their voice, through their energy, that it it does land, even if again, that, (laughs) that topic or thing that they're saying, you're like, wow, that is not for me at all. Like not at all. So this is where humans have this very adept ability to perceive the BS or not, but you have to trust that signal Yeah. Yeah. and then be able to recognize again, back to, is it me, the listener, or is it the speaker? Or is it a little bit of both? Is it my judgments and biases? That woman's, I don't like that woman's voice. I don't, I think she's too shrill. I think she's too this, or is it the speaker not being aligned or is it a little bit of both? So this is like the, I, I think it's play, playful. This is like the fun, like exploration you get to do. Um, because when you, when you hear things, especially, and I'm just, I'm going to go a little bit like myth busting here for a second. One of my disagreements with the, let's say voice coaching world, um, speaker trainer world is this fake it till you make it idea. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, no. Like right. I, li- no. I literally feel it tightening in the back of my throat. When I say that, like, I can't even yeah. know. Yeah. So, so we have to look at what's already been pervasive with that idea of fake it till you make it and, um, clear that away too, you know, being able to really give yourself, uh, that, that time to, to decondition, <laughs> maybe yeah. that's the best word to use with it. So Yeah. And what you're saying is people feel that there's that energetic, Mm -hmm. that it's not aligned and a, it makes you feel sort of fraudulent and the audience picks up on that. 
They sure do. I worked with a woman who was the director of assisted living facility. And one of her new roles was to start training the sales team. Uh, so, cause they were building a new facility and she came back within a couple sessions of getting that new role. And she was really frustrated and she didn't understand why her, her boss kept telling her that the salespeople didn't like her trainings. They didn't, they didn't like her tone of voice. They didn't like the way she was saying certain things. And she's like, I just, I don't get it, you know? And so we ended up working with that, even from, it was so beautiful because she also had already a personal journaling, journaling practice that she did. And so we honed in on everything from certain words that she was using. Did she align with those? Did she feel some of that disconnect between what she was trying to convey to them was, was the tone she was using truly not landing because she didn't believe in herself to run that role or because she was already judging what they could or couldn't do. Mm. It became a, a mix of all these ingredients. Why was this happening when I was, you know, working with her in a clinic for voice rehabilitation? Because the physical manifestation of that was that she was feeling her voice as weak, as strained, as think of it like uh, dampened. So it's not, people use the word like, I want to be, I want to project my voice, but think of it like the flow of the sound was not there. And so these are the outcomes physically that I work with people. And sometimes we start there and work our way in. Sometimes we start in and, and mix that a little bit on the way out. But when you, when you hear certain voices too, this is the beauty of, of, just becoming aware of this for your own voice, but others, it gives you a chance for more grace and compassion. There are people who speak, for example, all in something called glottal fry. So this is where your voice just kind of lives down in your throat. Uh, and you just kind of hang out here. Many of you probably are like, I want to turn off this podcast right now. Cause that's really <laughs> annoying. Okay. So you can honor that. I've had people straight up tell me, oh, I can't stand to listen to people with glottal fry. Okay. All right. And yet what's there for you to maybe unlearn and hold more compassion for, but what's also there for the speaker, they're missing out, right? They're missing out on a potential for connecting with their audience and their population in, in, in that way. And so when we then tying this in physically, think of that physically, if y'all can hear the difference between me talking now and me talking here, one is very open and forward and resonant. One is very back and stuck and tight in my throat. So we are this open channel. And if we block that channel in any form, particularly in this case, cutting off our airflow, making things feel a little bit smaller. Oh, I don't want to talk. I I won't. I'm just going to stay here and be reserved. We make ourselves smaller. We make our voices smaller. That flow is not able to go anywhere. It's like the tube is cut off at the neck. Yeah. So again, just giving kind of that perspective for there are ways that people hear themselves and hear others. And when we look at that again, with compassion and and loving approach, that's, that changes everything. Another layer of that is how many of you have listened back to your own voice and what words or judgments come up. Yeah. Yeah, I actually walk clients through an exercise where they are to create something for mm-hmm. themselves. And that in in itself is a challenge. 
Mm-hmm. And then they have to listen back to their voices. And that is where they really get stuck mm-hmm. because it it's excruciating for some of them to have to listen to their own voice. Some people have used the word hate. Yeah. Why would you want to hate the very instrument that is conveying who you are, who you're here to serve and who you are being? Yeah. Just like any other part of your body. What does that do to your essence, your energy. Yeah. What's possible for you. Yeah. But you're, you're exactly right. Krista. it is, yeah, it is a huge, um, not often talked about peace. And that's one of the reasons, one of my main convictions is love your voice, love yourself. Yeah. And if you can start there and listening back is just one, if that feels too like, Oh, to start with. Okay even just playing around with your voice in new ways can start to stretch yeah. in, in new fun and again, palpable, palpable yeah. ways. Yeah. So for that woman, mm-hmm. because that is primarily the woman that I work with now, mm-hmm. how that actually looks is different. The woman that tends to maybe play a little small mm-hmm. and that shows up in hiding her voice a little bit mm-hmm. or just that specifically not feeling heard. And that can actually look like around the table at a high level company mm-hmm. right around. I mean, I've worked with women who are high up executives mm-hmm. in very prestigious firms that don't feel heard. Meanwhile, the gentleman right next to her is saying the exact same thing, but mm-hmm. she's labeled one thing and he's labeled the hero, right? Or it could be the woman that just doesn't feel heard around the table or heard in her own marriage Mm -hmm. or heard, you know, parenting, any of that. So Mm -hmm. where would you guide someone that just doesn't feel like they're being heard? I know. I mean, I know we've already unpacked it a little bit, but a little bit. And, and I would say it's, it's very situation specific. If, there are a woman I worked with, she, one of her early complaints was that she wasn't being heard at the dinner table with her family. She'd be there with her husband and her kids and she'd say something and it's wasn't really acknowledged one way or the other. And in that she then had physical manifestations with her, her voice as well. And yet she had a lot of speaking demands for her coaching and her podcasting and book writing and all of these things. and what that in that situation, it came down to was trusting herself, trusting her voice. And back to this phrase that so divinely came up today, taking up space. Yeah. And so in that I tend to, (laughs) I laugh because (laughs) those who work with me know, I, I make you do a lot of fun things. I think they're fun. Some might say they feel kind of silly at first because they get you a little uncomfortable, but some of the body work and movements that I have you do are related to the idea of taking up space. Yeah. And if we can get our body in, on board and we can hear our voice in that way, in that, in that very powerful and resonant way, that does start to shift it. But then we need to look at the word choice then we need to look at what words align with us and what don't. And there's practices to be able to distill and discern that, discern that. And so in those moments, whether it be family, someplace you would hope to have unconditional love and be, you know, heard no matter what, 
you can start showing up before you even get to that dinner table Mm. as you would like that to be. So with the body work, some of it includes then envisioning meditations and ways to already see yourself as that being that you are meant to be. And then in, in boardrooms and in spaces of that nature, the, the rampant bias against women's voices in the society is obscene. And, you know, we can look as, you know, close as any uh, political race to, you know, like that corporate situations, whose idea, you know, is it really? And I think when people have that inclination to go small, again, it's an opportunity to say, what did I feel in my body and where did I feel it? Mm. And then the practice becomes, how do I release that? And then speak from that place. That's why we can't just speak from our diaphragm, y'all, because that's not the only place that it shows up. Um, and I know my, I'm sure my, my physical and anatomy friends are, are laughing a little bit because I, I do stretch that analogy to some degree, but there are, there are components, for example, of the degree to which we hold ourselves back physically and if our voices don't match that and we try to over push it or overdrive it or try to come across like we do know what we're talking about, sounds a yeah. little aggressive. Yeah. And that's that's a, a harsh reality for a lot of women, particularly black women. I was just speaking with a woman the other day and she's like, Yeah, we need to we need to talk about this because this is something where where black women show up in a space and that's just part of their personality. And or is it already the bias? but they're just going to be aggressive. So again, energetically, this gets a little meta, but what's feeding into what? Yeah. Right? yeah. What are those preemptive things, you know, creating in that space? So those are some, some ways I approach it. And for this woman in particular with her family, oh my gosh, it was so lovely. Like within probably the first month or two, cause our container ended up being about six months she was already feeling so much more comfortable speaking up to her husband and her kids. She, by the fourth month, that's right. Cause they had just started working. She had reached out to one of her favorite authors, which she never saw herself doing. And she wanted to just chat with her about an idea that she had turns out because she had that confidence to speak out to her. They're now doing a collaboration together. Wow. It was just she was like, I, I would have never thought, I mean, I would have never been okay reaching out to her. And, and it's, it's just been awesome to see that consistency and that, that trust in herself grow. And so one of the practices that, that I had her do is the taking up space practice. And, and that is something that again, can feel uncomfortable. There is a mirror involved. So standing in front of a mirror is a great start. Again, if that feels a little too much, one of the things I would suggest is to close your eyes mm -hmm. while you're standing in front of the mirror at first, but taking up space means again, first physically noticing and feeling yourself in the space around you. So I'll do my best to describe this. And then just to fill in where you feel like anything, you know, might exemplify it a little bit more. If you're standing, for example, in front of that mirror and you are someone who you just said something to somebody and it didn't land, or you noticed you shrunk back and, oh, I wish I would have said this. I thought of it later, you know, and you want to want to be able to, to replay that scenario, or you were preparing for a presentation or a hard conversation. This is what I want you to try when, when you're in front of that mirror, eyes opened or closed, working to eyes open, 
I want you to really get grounded within your body space first. And for some, that might mean just as simple as standing in a way that feels the most comfortable, but also sturdy. Okay. Not where anything's feeling like mm, off balance. Okay. So that might mean you've got to take your feet wider. Maybe that feels better. Take your feet wider. See what's happening there. The next piece to this is literally taking your arms as if you are drawing a circle around yourself. Okay. So I'm literally widening my arms out and around me. Okay. To draw that circle. The final thing is you're going to start to keep that circular motion, but you're going to step forward and then step back. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to shift to the other foot and you're going to step forward arms opening and then step back. So it's like this open and closed motion, but then you get to add your voice to it. Mm. You start speaking what you would like to say. You start speaking what you feel is just sometimes flowing through. Some people just kind of start going and they, they yeah. just get in the zone and kudos. That's amazing. When that happens, that's you tuned in. That's well, I always that say inner that's, voice turned on. It's like Pentecostal preacher that comes out of me. <laughs> there you go. I mean, there's a reason that is just so moving. I don't care what you believe. <laughs> it's, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so that's a really great way. And please be gentle and kind to yourself when the weirdness comes up, yeah. when maybe the tightness comes up and you're like, oh, when maybe you feel a little short of breath. Cause you realized this whole time you have been speaking, you haven't been regulating how your voice and breath is coordinated. And that's a big factor for most people that shows up as shortness of breath when they're on stage or in a hard conversation, yep. breath holding, mm-hmm. or my, my words are choked, like choked off at the throat. Yeah. Okay. So these are all components that, that you can continue to work through. So yeah, I would love for y'all to <laughs> those listening to practice that it's just, it's a really cool way to recognize that our voices just don't, they don't come from this beautiful instrument in our necks. Yeah. Okay. We are a vessel that can resonate this entire sound frequency energy all of it. I really love that you shared that. Thank you. Because sometimes the somatic exercises do feel extraordinarily simple and silly. Mm -hmm. And I always forewarn clients of that just because what I'm about to, to frame you up with and assign to you, just because it feels a little simple or even, I guess we could even use the word hokey. Please do not, right. Do not overlook it. Simple does not mean easy. So it's often in these practices of getting the body on board that Mm -hmm. are so potent because we are not walking heads. I I say it over and over and over. Mm -hmm. I lived like Mm -hmm. a big walking head for Mm -hmm. close to 40 years. Yeah. And it was really the, the, art I'll call it of getting back into the body, because when you've lived outside of your body or in your head for 40 years, it was an art of slowly picking and prodding and getting back into my body. But it came through those simple, silly exercises. It didn't Mm -hmm. come from necessarily sitting and and doing the affirmations and the things that, you know, from the mind, it came from actually standing in my potent posture. Mm -hmm. It came from speaking to myself Mm -hmm. eventually in the mirror, looking in my own two eyes Mm -hmm. and saying to myself, I love you. And with all these different tones and reflections, I love you. There has to be that. I love you. I love you. 
Yes. Yeah. Because over and over it, and over, yeah. not, not just a one right. and done. That's right. We are all about consistency here. This is like, this is the thing. Yes. You have to play with it in a variety of ways. I always say you have choices with your voice, but you don't know what those choices are until you're exploring those different avenues and being willing to try different things. So for example, (laughs) I laugh because again, the, the way people are so willing to be, be open and curious and vulnerable in these spaces leads to the most magical moments. Um, but especially yes, with, with some of my clients where they hear themselves, for example, one of the, you know, small ways I have them first start to play with their voice is just to hum up and down. So it might be like this and they just kind of nervously giggle and they're like, I'm sorry, what my, my voice doesn't, doesn't do that. I'm not a singer. I don't, you know, why would I do that? And so we go through that both the why, but then also Oh, just the observations that come through after they start to play with it. Oh, I felt this here. And they can, and we refine where they're feeling it and how they can adjust it. And this is just one little simple glide that really opens up so much possibility. Cause another feature that I've noticed, particularly when people are holding back and not being heard is they reduced their pitch range. Yeah. We're not talking to the level of monotone per se, but to enough that you're like, wow, I'm getting no sparkle from this. There is nothing that is keeping me engaged because it's just all kind of here. And I'm just kind of talking and, you know, there's just not a lot of movement dynamically. The yeah, other way, I'm very curious yeah. about sort of that. And, and we can unpack that you were going to say, I kind of interrupted you, but that that's okay. Monotone, no, and yes. I, so I've noticed that with particular yes. women. And then I've also noticed that the high pitch. Oh my gosh. We lit. You read my mind. We literally synced again. That it was the next thing I was going to say. The, the other feature of this is what's called upspeak. And it's like when you're saying something, but it's a question, but it's really not a question. It's a statement, but it completely conveys a lack of, of confidence. It completely opens up the door to, well, in your expertise, all boundaries are out the window. Yeah. I'll just defer to you. And I love, love, love that again, back to episode 110, y'all <laughs> in their podcast. Krista actually talks about the the more than just fight or flight. People are people are all on the train of the nervous system these days. Yeah. The vagus nerve has been my friend in this entire career because you need your vagus nerve for your voice. If you don't yeah. have that, you got some other injury issues going on. So it's fascinating to me to see and hear everybody's all about the vagus nerve these days. However, Krista took it that, that step of helping us see that in the, in the vagus nerve and in the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system, there's your parasympathetic nervous system and there's your uh, um, sympathetic nervous system. So Krista goes into the sympathetic nervous system pieces of the fight and flight. She doesn't just stop there though, freeze and fawn. You don't hear people talking about this one. But fawning would be where, for example, things like upspeak would live Mm. because I'm just not sure of myself, but I want to adjust to what's happening. But I'm also saying that basically you can just, you know, walk all over me right now. And so it's a whole, yeah, that I just really appreciate that you, you brought that in because, um, technically there's a fifth one. It's faint. Like you just go base a vagal. Yeah. (laughs) But everything shuts down. So there's not really, yeah, you're just, Um, and I, and I've seen that happen to people and, 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 you know, it's, it's a, it's a, again, a real, real body response. So back to all of that with the monotone and the upspeak, there are things underneath that, that you can learn about yourself. So when I'm asking you, 
as a vocal athlete, a term that I use and that is in my, my world of voice, someone who needs their voice to do their job. You can't show up every day, run your business, run your family, you know, be in your workplace, be on the stage without this instrument and this asset as a vocal athlete, just like any other athlete on the field, you're going to need to condition it. You're going to need to cross train it. You're going to need to look at ways that you can use it that will only enhance what's possible for it. But it doesn't mean you're going to change your personality. We're not here to change who you are. No, this is not. And that's another interesting misunderstanding that people have. Oh my gosh. So when I'm presenting, you're going to make me sound like this. Like I'm always happy and everything's great. And this Mm. is how I present to keep the audience engaged. No, that is, we are not here for that. That is not who you are. And so we have to harness your natural pitch, volume, expressiveness, and, and be able to hone that so that when you show up, that is what's true for you in the moment, whether it's boss voice, mama bear voice, you know, friend voice, froggy first thing in the morning voice, like whatever it is. Yep. Okay. Let's own that. And then let's see what's, what's possible beyond that. So I love that. And I think the learning for everyone in what you just said, I was, uh, the synchronicities between us are insane, (laughs) but I was having this conversation with someone yesterday and they said, but I don't show up like you, Krista. I'm not sort of bold and vibrant and happy. I've got like, you know, RBF. I'm, (laughs) (laughs) I said, hold on, hold on time out. That's okay. That's not what it's about. That's just how I tend to, what would the word be, Brianne? Um, express, express, you express that's just part of your essence. Yes, Each of part our of my essence are, are unique. Voices are unique just in the yes. same way, but mm-hmm. it's about standing in your leadership. It's mm-hmm. owning your sovereignty yes. around however you show up as long as it's the authentic you and just owning that stepping yes. into that. And that speaks perfectly to your example about the woman, like in the boardroom who expresses her idea and doesn't get heard you showing up in that essence aligned and speaking your truth in that way starts to show them there are other ways that leaders can look. Yes. Yes. And do we also need them to go and take like a listening one-on-one course? Of course we do. Yep. But at the same time, yeah, right. It can be both. And I'm the coach that can always be both and. Yes. I believe in the art of the and yes. two things and can actually so be true. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so good. Yep. And that's, that's the, the power that you hold. Will it happen overnight? No, this is, yep. this is not how this process works. This is why the work that Krista and I do is so incredible because it's, it's, it's not even, it's not even just the container. It's beyond the containers that you're in with us. I hope I'm still, when I first met, met Krista, I had just had this pivot in like my boundary expression and that, that made a huge difference, but there is so much more to learn with that. And and so awesome. Bring it on. It doesn't need to be this like isolated little thing. And that's the way people approach their speaking and voice too. Oh, good. So I did that one and done. Thank you. Moving on. No, I intend that this be part of your wellness, part of your daily self-care, part of the way that you become the person you are meant to be. So that when you show up in those spaces and previously wanted to reduce your voice, silence yourself, or are still triggered by people who try to silence you, you have options. Yeah. 
you have options. You have tools in your toolbox. Okay. I want to go back to, because I want to make sure that I have a clear understanding of this because mm-hmm. I've just always been so curious about it. So upspeak or the monotone voice, either of those would just be examples of someone who is not stepping into their sovereignty. They're afraid to really mm-hmm. own their worth. They've just happened to choose the upspeak as a way that works for them or the monotone. Tell me a little bit more about that. Ooh, good question. We can take this, take this a few different ways. So barring any neurological, psychological, or physical injury that would render someone monotone, say for example, a stroke, say for example, Parkinson disease. When you look at monotone, what are, what are we talking about? We're talking about a very limited range of energy. And so they're just damped in energy and folks I've, I've worked with who have monotone components to their speaking often don't even realize it. It's somebody else that points it out to them often critically and meanly Yep. unsolicited comments. Um, but at the same time they need to also do, cause it depends on their auditory perception. They need to do a bit of an ear training to hear the difference. Because remember what we talked about when you listen to yourself on playback, that is one thing. And the reactions and responses that you have to that is something that can be worked through and healed. And when you hear yourself internally, we sound different. Why? My voice is going through the air and through the bones in my skull. That's just a filter difference. Okay. When you hear yourself on playback, you are just hearing yourself through the air. Our brains perceive those sounds differently. So with monotone, yes, there can be both the internal worthiness piece and the, the, but more, I find the piece of where are they disconnected from, from their own energy? Where does it feel scary to, to be, be more vibrant with my voice? That'll make me just look like X, Y, or Z fill in the blank. Yeah. And then with the up speak, you know, what's fascinating about that. So often uh, vocal trends start uh, the ling- linguistics uh uh, researchers have determined that typically vocal trends start um, in Australia and kind of in the area of like Australia, New Zealand, kind of in that that region of of the world, and make their way to California. Actually, so in the case of vocal um, upspeak and then also fry, that one we talked about before, those actually began as trends. So most people would also think. So this is aging me a bit, but I don't care. Uh, Valley Girl. It's one of the the terms that used to come up with that. And what ends up happening is then that kind of sweeps the country. So they found that it starts with like younger females. Then it actually goes into some men, male populations, and then it kind of makes its way across the country to varying degrees. So we have to ask ourselves, is this just an affectation that was a learned feature from the environment you grew up in? Okay. Maybe. You may, you may not even know you do it. You may think it's cool to do who knows, but we have to unpack that a little bit first. And then if they're like, oh, oh, I, I, yeah, I don't want to sound like that. Or I didn't realize it was perceived that way. Okay, cool. Maybe it's like easy for them to switch out of that and recognize that there's another way to have their words land for the, for the folks though, where it does become a deeper issue. Yes. I mean, the self-worth piece is, is a big part of it. And the people pleasing yeah. part of it and, and really just wanting to question themselves and question themselves. And they're so busy questioning themselves that it just, not only is it the upspeak, but it get, gets them off track. 
with mm-hmm. what they intend to say. So they just want to do that little bid, bid for connection. Don't, don't you agree? Don't you think every, you know, you, that's what you're yeah. asking essentially underneath that. Every time you do that with something you intend to just land. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. Thank you for taking the time to unpack that. Yeah, so great I mean, question. you say in essence, there can be a spectrum like most yes. things. Sometimes it is yes. just simply a conditioning issue of your environment. Yes. Or sometimes there can be something deeper that we need to unpack and look at. And the third option, because I'm always doing voice health screenings, a truly like physical, neurological person has a, a how shall we say it? some sort of communicative impairment, yeah. some sort of disability related to communication. And often those are more of those invisible disabilities until the person opens their mouth and then, and then things are very different. So that's, that I come, that comes from, from my background of speech pathology. I mean, that is our core to, to get at communicative impairments and empower people with that. And I'm just grateful that I've been led through this kind of, I think of it, I love Venn diagrams, Venn diagram of that evidence base, that science piece that, okay, what are the communicative impairments that people need need to become aware of? And can we screen for them sooner? The personal experience piece in that, and then just the co-creations. I can't know until the moment. I can't know until I hear your voice, what's present, but when I do, I am so fortunate to have the superpower to hear and sense the strengths mm-hmm. and also let you know, there may be things that are right under the surface. Yeah. Right there that we can just, Ooh. Yeah. Well, speaking awesome. of, speaking <laughs> of, as we kind of wind this down, yeah. I have noticed that I still get a little bit of crackly voice. Like when I hit record to first start, you know, an email audio or a Mm -hmm. podcast or do a Facebook live, I can, Mm -hmm. it's almost like I just need to drink a water and need to lubricate a little bit. And I am curious if there's more. That's a great question, Krista. (laughs) With, are are you asking for my, my insight on this? Yeah. I'd love your insight. Absolutely. Feel free. Dive in. Indeed, during the episode, I I happened to, again, intuitively choose. I did notice what you're talking about. The Mm -hmm. voice does tend to fall in the throat sometimes a little bit to that cry sense. There is, I hear you with that sense of, okay, it's, it's a little crackly. So let me just swallow or sip some liquid. That's so temporary. It's a great first step, but it's so temporary and no liquid touches our vocal folds. So as far as hydration goes, that needs to start like 24 to 48 hours before. Okay. A long speaking day, batch recording, you know, an event, anything like that. We don't have evidence yet to determine how much water we drink actually makes it to the vocal folds because they have their own self-lubricating properties. And yet we know that there, it must impact it somehow. Cause obviously when we do get thirst or feel dehydrated, there's an issue with the tissue as well. So one of the things I would suggest specific to that piece of it, Krista, is actually steaming and breathing in steam is, is effective, particularly nebulized steam. And Mm. so, um, there is a fun little device that I really like. I have it somewhere nearby, um, that, that is a portable nebulized steamer and it brings that lubrication and feeling of soothing to of an equilibrium. 
Now, the kicker is, again, we're talking about kind of uh, outside the circle. How are we going to take care of this instrument? How are we going to feel soothed before we push play or record? Okay, so then we got to go into the next piece. You could do that all day and the crackling could still come through. Why? Mm. We have to look at how you're using your voice in an efficient way. The breath support, the that resonance I talked about, is it staying stuck in the throat sometimes or is it coming forward? And then really, if there is any tension, obvious or not, in the throat or in the body, that's kind of creating this, uh, like a little bit more like this, this is extreme. This is not how you sound Krista, but this is, this is one of those things that I use, um, both some kind of testing and, and listening to decipher so awesome. that we can kind of get you in that place. So, so I would say between yes, hydrating sooner using steaming and you can start old school boiling water towel over the head. That's fine. No need for essential oils. We don't need all that like up in the airways. Cause you're pretty close to the steam at that point. And then if you're open to it, we could do, so, you know, how I did that little glide earlier. Mm-hmm. Are you, and you naturally do your lovely mm-hmm's. y'all probably notice Krista does lovely mm-hmm's. And when you do that, Krista, that's actually right in a beautiful spot for your natural voice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you, for example, if you tried to do your mm-hmm, but if it was in the place that you, you hear and you've noticed your crackliness, it might be something like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you naturally, and many, most of us do, if we're just listen, in our listening mode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we will see mind falls mm-hmm, about here. So we'll naturally fall into that space. So would you be open to doing the hum glide that I demonstrated earlier? Absolutely. Let's do it. I love it when people are on board. Oh my gosh. I love it because, and here's one of the reasons I love it. There's, there's a few, but the one that I want to share is I think so often, again, you were speaking about earlier, some discrepancies within your own industry. And and I could go on and on about my industry as well. And, and one of the things is that so many people think, well, you're a coach, you're a therapist, you're this. So you've nailed it. Like you're perfect. You're there. And I love to show people, oh, I'm not there. (laughs) There's always another layer. I have a meat suit which means I'm a human being. So therefore there's always another layer. It's about building out this beautiful toolbox and leaning in, actually picking up these tools and utilizing them because there is no finish line. We've all got more work to do to lean into our highest self or our future, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Y'all if Krista and I weren't continuing to grow, I'm just going to say, I would not want you to hire us. Right. What good would that right. do you? Absolutely not. Well, and same for me, if I wasn't walking my walk and doing my vocal, vocalizing and doing these things as well, tapping yeah. into my intuition every day, like, are you kidding? I'd be like, oh no, you really yeah. shouldn't work with me. <laughs> like, yes. Which sounds so yes. counterintuitive, but that's how, like, that's where, to your point with the industries, that's where you can be discerning. That's where you can vet the people that you want to work with. That's where these myths start to disappear because we are noticing what's the new wave of where we're headed with all of this. Okay. That's a whole yeah. thing. All right. Um, okay. So what I would like you to do is that hum up and down. And it literally is just like loosey goosey. Like you're just going to go up and down through your range. Go for it. That's what I thought. So for those of you uh, who maybe aren't familiar with kind of the, the continuity of, of how sound should come across, Krista's 
continuity was there. You can hear the smoothness all the way through. It's clear all the way through. There's none of that crackliness that she refers to. Now I want you to take that same hum and go down only. So instead of up and, and around. All right. Mm. The mic is attenuating a little bit. So that's probably a Zoom setting. I know in some features you can turn off like noise cancellation on it. However, from what I can hear and then what I can see, it's, hmm. <laughs> did I get that? Did I just I fall that? right off the cliff is what you're saying? <laughs> a little bit. And so now what I want you to do is as you're coming down, hmm, I want before the cliff, I want you to pause before the cliff. Okay. But when you pause, you're just going to chill. You're just going to hang out there like this. So for me, it's that pitch doesn't have to be the same one for you, but I'm just saying like, when you feel like, Ooh, this is before it's going to kind of drop in here in the throat. Okay. okay. Then I just want you to hang out on it. Can you try okay. that? Okay. okay. I'll try it. Okay. Oh, it's right at the sweet spot where the mic attenuates and it cuts out. Oh, shoot. That's Okay. I, I wonder if on playback too, like when I listen back, it'll be there. However, what I did notice physically. So even though y'all can't see us, so what happened with Krista's, uh, larynx, that's our, your voice box inside your neck. What happened with her neck and larynx when she went off that, that cliff area <laughs> is that you could actually see some of the hyper engagement, meaning what's called, she overcompensated with some muscles in her neck. Okay. That's not important for y'all to see. I'm just describing that to say when she just found that sweet spot right there for this moment, everything was quiet here. Everything was at ease. Yeah. So I want you to find it again or okay. around there. Okay. okay. Go for it. So just stay there. Stay there for a moment. Yes, please. Okay. okay. Now when you're there, I want you to now start speaking. I know this is going to sound funny because we were just talking about monotone, but this is for practice purposes. I want you to start speaking, just go Whatever pitch it is, I just want you to go one, two, three. Just count, start counting right into one, two, three. One, two, three. Four, yeah, it'll be very five, monotone for now. Six, okay. Seven, start eight, again. One. Oh, oh. Mm -hmm. Glide um, into it. Yep. Um, come into it. Yeah. Um, one, two, and then into two, three, four, five. That six, one's even better. Okay. Do it again. Um, one. Um, one. Two, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. No crackling. No crackling. No, no, that was great. Did you okay. notice any crackling? No, no, nope. no, no crackling. And the second and third ones, this is like next level stuff, but it definitely had more openness to them. Definitely had more of that. The sound was coming towards me rather than kind of, again, it's going to be old, almost habit to kind of, but it wants to live back here in the back. Sure, and you're, yeah. you're saying, Hey, it's okay. I want, I want this to flow out and forward. And this is an awesome example too, Krista. I'm so grateful that you were willing to do this today because your voice is naturally low. Really? Hallelujah for a woman. Yes. And I love that because that is another bias that people get all sorts of backwards. People think, well, I have to drop it lower to sound more authoritative or to be like the male colleagues, but yours naturally lands there. And when you are in it, it does that again, flow and expansion. When, when women try to do it, if it's, if I did it, like, if I tried to speak at Krista's pitch, y'all can hear 
it's not hard to hear me, but it's, I can feel it tight back here for, cause it's not my natural place and that's sure. okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So as you're playing with this one, Krista, like yes, today, that pitch really like locked in for you. But the fun of this is each day, it could be a little different. You get to trust the sound, not crackly, yay, smooth and clear. And then the feeling of it, mm. does it feel like it's that open oh, flow? I could just hang out there for a little bit. It does. That's on point. I love it. Thank you for walking me through that exercise. Now, I'm, now I feel like I need to talk down here. <laughs> See, and there you go. Isn't that interesting, right? So maybe you'll start to notice areas where you're like, oh, I did drop it down thinking that's where I needed to be rather than you're so close, but you now you can bring it forward sure. rather than down, yeah. which tends to put it back and in the throat. So anyway, love we can it. have so much more fun with that. I can't wait to hear what like a week yes. of practice Yes, absolutely. And so you have got a special Mm. VIP day that you want to share with the listeners. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, thank you. I would love to. So I call it my vibrant voice VIP day, a big fan of alliteration. And what it is, is essentially the opportunity to jumpstart this journey with your voice to take these things that Krista and I have discussed today and distill them into one or two goals that you can really hone and lock into to start captivating your ability to speak with presence, with power, to get to know your voice in a new way. And this sets people up really well for preparing for that event down the road. You know, even a month or two from now, the VIP day is awesome because actually, even though I say VIP day, it's a month of support. And so we meet for an intensive three hours to begin. And then you have two additional follow-up calls and support in between that for the subsequent month. And wow. just like Chris and I were talking about, it's not an overnight thing. I'm a, no. I, I'm a behaviorist at heart. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Like we got to get these skills implemented. We've got to have accountability with it. So that's why I love the VIP day approach for folks who are like, Ooh, there are at least one or two things I heard today that I do want to enhance that I do know will help me connect to my family, my clients, elevate my speaking skills, et cetera, et cetera. And even just have the stamina to run the business that you may run, to be in the corporate space where you have to lead and talk all the time. So that's something that that I would love for y'all to consider. And that's as easy as emailing me. My email is brienne at yourvocalvitality.com. That'll be obviously in the show notes as well. But it's a great way just to see if it's a good fit for you to get ready for this coming month, year, any project that you have. I love them because we go, we go deep in a short period of time, but as we know, and as Krista embodied today too, if you're willing to do that and you listen to the sensory wisdom, it's, it's going to yield some incredible results. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. Where uh, do you like to hang out? Where do I like to hang out these days? Facebook is a great spot at your vocal vitality, but also we know each other now. So feel free to personally Facebook message me. Brianne Hennessy is my personal profile. And then also on LinkedIn at Brianne Hennessy. And then uh, the boundaries. I thought of this earlier too. I'll I'll link my website, www.yourvocalvitality.com. But one of my blogs that I wrote back in May, just before I met Krista is showcasing how I asserted my boundaries and spoke out. And in this case, wrote out as well, what those look like. Mm. So that's, that's a great place to check out my blog and, and some topics that we talked about here today, even. 
Yeah. Yeah. And all that will be in the show notes. So folks can easily find you. What I can say about Brianne, what I have to tell you all is we had a, a zoom connect, a coffee, and she is just, I don't want to say people driven, like in the sense of people pleasing you know, cause that's, mm. that's all my area. Of that's my shadow side that I yeah. feel. <laughs> just like you, you just have such a heart and a love and a passion for people. And you are so approachable and so easy to connect. So when I know that when you say, Hey, reach out to me on Facebook, you actually mean it. And oh, I do. if you're listening, you'll get a real response from Brianne. You really will. And a heartfelt one at that. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for just sharing again, your, your knowledge and your wisdom, your gifts. I know this is going to be one that the listeners are going to gain a lot, a lot of nuggets and wisdom from. Oh, I'm excited to hear what they think and feel and become from this. So thank you, Krista. This was such a delight and I just honor you and I see you and I hear you for the essence that you are. You and your voice are worthy. If you like this episode or you're a fan of the Becoming Boundaried show, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets and with your family and friends. And if you're feeling really generous, we would love for you to hop on over to iTunes and give us a review. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of this community. Have an amazing week and as always, Stay true to you.